And we are live. How are we doing, Wolfpack Nation? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports. It's been a while. It's been it's been a couple months. A couple is an understatement. Yeah, we've uh, yeah we've been away, but we are back in the studio. I'm your host Austin Paschke, joined by Tyler Seth. We got a couple more voices in the studio today. We got Matt Hannafin and Isaiah Burrows, both students here at UNR. And um, we got some special announcements before we get into the nitty-gritty. Um, they are actually going to be taking over Pack Center. I graduated in May. Tyler has been graduated. And time for us to move on. Time to pass the torch. So Matt Hannafin and Isaiah Burroughs are going to be taking over this bad boy. And I couldn't think of two better people to do it that know their wolf pack stuff. And that is for sure. And I, I'm ready to get into this episode. How are you guys feeling today? Everyone feeling good? I'm good, man. I'm excited for football to be back. My brain's been fried because of midterms. <laughs> this is like a reward for midterms. It's just football. There we go. There we go. Isaiah, how you feeling, man? How you feeling? Feeling real good. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the introduction. Of course. Hope you know this is in good hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This up to where it is today. And we just want to continue to build and improve as much as we can. So thank you for the opportunity. Hey, I'm excited. Yeah, before we get started, I'm very, very excited for this football season. I know our record predictions are going to be all over the board when we get there, but I might be higher on this football team than most people. My 8-0 eight, my eight prediction is probably not 100% real, but I, I do think that this team is going to be something special, and we'd finally have a season that we actually didn't know if we were even going to have. It was canceled and then delayed, and then now we do have one. First game Saturday, this upcoming Saturday against Wyoming. And um, starting off the season hot, Wyoming is not a bad team. But let's look at the schedule overall. We got Wyoming, uh, the Little Brothers down south, Utah State, New Mexico, San Diego State, Hawaii, Fresno State, and then we close the season at San Jose State. A pretty favorable schedule, in my opinion. We'll start with you, Matt. How are you feeling when you looked at the schedule for the first time when they first announced it? How did you feel looking at the schedule for Nevada football? Well, I, I like it's the same eight that it was before the season was canceled. So, I mean, that's good. At least there's no like drastic changes. There's no Boise State. There's no Air Force who would probably be the two toughest opponents in the conference or in the Mountain Division. I'm feeling good about it. I mean, we get our toughest contests at home. And so that makes me feel a little better with Wyoming, Utah State, Fresno State, and San Diego State. And I think the road schedule is pretty favorable, too. With at UNOV, New Mexico, Hawaii, and San Jose State, so I'm feeling pretty good at good about it. But of course, it's college football; you can't predict anything. Um, anything can happen at any given time. There's only eight games. Teams are coming off of COVID. Like it's been a long break, so we don't really know how good they're going to be. But on paper, it looks pretty favorable to start. And college football is already, like you said, unpredictable. And then you throw in COVID. You yeah. throw in a lot of teams from California that we will be playing that aren't even practicing right now i know new mexico just cancel or postpone their practices as well and we've been practicing for a while i mean right. we've been scrimmaging we've been practicing we had summer practices like we've been together as a unit and again that's why i think it's going to help us in the long run isaiah when you saw this schedule what games either stood out to you or, or how do you think this season's going to look for uh, nevada football i just think this season in general is going to be a wild card especially for Nevada because we're such a young unit, still trying to grow as much as we possibly can. And like you mentioned, just getting those extra reps during the summer and now heading into the fall is going to be crucial. I really think that's going to be what separates some teams from others is their continuity as a unit. 
So we need all the work we can. And looking at the schedule, Matt mentioned, I think he hit the hammer on the head there with Wyoming, Utah State, San Diego State, and Fresno State all at home. Mm -hmm. Those are huge contests for us coming up. Those are some serious, serious tough opponents. But I want to stay optimistic as I possibly can. I just think there's so much uncertainty labeled with this season and trying to temper some expectations going forward. And you just don't know this year. This year's going to be up in the air, and I'm excited to see how we perform. Tyler, what are the chances that Nevada actually runs the table and goes a no? How do you feel about this uh, this upcoming season? I mean, running the table is a little... <laughs> A little out no there, fair. but I think, you know, it's going to be a good season. Obviously, we're not going to have that Mackie effect that we've seen in the past, especially when you talk about games like Purdue. We had a crazy crowd, and we hit that walk-off kick. Mm -hmm. I think a crowd played a large part in that game, so that's going to be another question mark. Like this whole season is, it's an unprecedented season. Never seen anything like it, and probably won't maybe in our lifetimes again. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be a treat, but like Matt said, I'm just glad to have some mm -hmm. good old Wolfpack football back. Exactly. Now let's dive into this roster that we have for this upcoming season. Specifically, let's talk about the offense first. That is a group that is pretty much returning every single player on the offense that we literally saw last year, with the exception of Miles Beach who actually retired from the game of football, I guess. Um, that was broke by Chris Murray, I think, last week. And so Miles Beach is, is gone, so we're going to have to find, I think, a new left tackle. But returning offensive line, those four, Nate Brown, Aaron Frost, Gray Davis, Nathan Edwards, those guys are all returning. Of course, we got the, the leader of the helm, Carson Strong, back after his, I mean, I would say pretty solid freshman campaign. We got Toa Tawa back. We got Devontae Lee. Um, we got a lot of skill players, Elijah Cooks, Romeo Dubs, Melquan Stovall back, and then we got our returning tight ends as well. I mean, this is a, I want to say experienced offense because they're still young. I mean, Carson Strong's a sophomore, but this is a team that has been playing together, and I'm glad that we at least have everyone back. This is a team that did struggle, though, offensively last year. I think we only averaged like 21 points a game, pretty low for college football. Our running game was atrocious. Our O-line definitely needed some work, and I think we're turning our pretty much entire O-line is going to help. Tyler, how do you think this offense is going to perform? Do you think we're going to be better than last year? I don't see us taking a step back. I don't know if it's possible, but do you think this is going to be an offense that could lead us to possibly a Mountain West championship? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's very hard to take a step back when you have just experience. I mean, the games that, you know, we had that young offensive line, they got basically a full season of football in. They kind of know what's going on. And then Elijah Cook, Romeo Dubs, Batman and Robin on the outside. Yeah. It's expecting a lot of the same out of them. I just want to see Toa have a better season. I think with a better offensive line, he could have a better season. And then Carson Strong, just another year of experience under his belt, starting basically every game except when he got hurt for those couple games. But this offense should be high-powered, should be ready to go. Matt Mummy, you know he's got his air raid yeah. dialed up. It should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, and that, that's another good point. We have our coaches back as well, which is not something that a lot of these Mountain West teams can say. So at least we have some continuity. We've been practicing this offense. It should be clicking on all cylinders when they take the field on Saturday. Uh, Isaiah, do you think this uh, running game is going to be better? I know last year it was really, really tough to get that, which makes obviously passing the ball so much tougher because they're only worried about one thing when they play our offense. With our line back, how do you think this running game is going to develop? No, I think you're absolutely right. It all starts with the run game, I think, this year. Having a healthy Devontae Lee for a full season can be huge for us. I mean, I think he really flashed last year, not just at the goal line, but really breaking into the open field and making sure that he's getting some playing time and he can really make an impact. With him and Toa Tawa, 
You have this new freshman named Avery Morrow. He can really bring some serious speed and versatility to the offense. I think he can help Carson Strong take that next step in his development and help dump the ball off at any certain point. I think last year, not having that run game really put a lot of emphasis on Carson Strong. And if we can kind of have some sort of balanced attack and really rely on the run to chew up the clock and really retain possession throughout the course of a ball game, that's going to help not just our offense, but obviously keep our defense well rested and give us some serious burns. So I'm really looking forward to the running game, to taking a step up with so much continuity from the line to the core as a whole. So Definitely. And Matt, Carson Strong, obviously now becoming a sophomore, he was just kind of thrown into the fire as a freshman. I think he played pretty well with everything going on, with him being a freshman, with the line, all those problems that we already stated. How do you think this offense is going to look now with Carson Strong, you know, one year under his belt and now looking to have a breakout sophomore season? One of the things I'm most excited about coming into this season is to see how he develops. And a lot of that Isaiah hit on was establishing a running game, putting him in more second and manageable, third and manageable situations instead of those long situations. And of course, I want to see his development throwing the ball down the field because there would be times last year where he just he would check down and he wouldn't throw the ball down the field. He had one of the lowest yards per attempts in the nation last year. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to see that. I'm really, I mean, this is now going to be his third year on campus. Yeah. And so he's experienced in this offense. He knows the system. He has all of his skill position players coming back. So I'm really interested to see how he does. And this is this should be one of the most high-powered, exciting offense, at least on paper, with Elijah Cooks, with Romeo Dubs, with Melquan Stovall. I've been high on him since he stepped foot on campus. He got banged up a little bit last year. Now into his sophomore season, people were saying he's one of the most athletic players that we have on the field. And this should be, at least on paper, one of the most explosive offenses that we have. But do you think there were some questions about the air raid offense last year with not being able to produce? A lot of people were saying, well, why don't we just switch the offense around a little bit? And people don't know if, if Matt Mummy could really change it up as much or if we have the personnel to change it up. Do you think we should stick with, you know, a slinging kind of offense, a running gun type of air raid? Or uh, how do you think this offense is going to look now with everyone back? Do you still think we're going to be as explosive? Isaiah, we can, we can bounce it to you. I just think, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it, that there was questions coming up last year if we should change the air raid offense. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to change your offensive scheme mid-season. And I think this offseason puts a lot of doubt into much change because with so much going on with COVID and mm -hmm. just developing continuity as a unit, I think it's important to just keep what you have. I think that's one of our greatest strengths heading into this year is we're one of the most intact units from coaching to staff to players on the field. So I'm not expecting much change to the air raid offense, and I think that's good. I think that we will see the growth from Carson Strong and maybe more relevance on the run game if it's hitting early on and we're seeing more production. But overall, I'm not seeing much change because I don't think Mummy has much to offer of anything else outside of the air raid. And so that's no discredit to him whatsoever. It's a good system. I think we have the personnel to get it done offensively. No, I agree, and I think that's why, obviously, Matt Mummy is here. That's the offense they want to run. That's the offense he knows how to run, and I think that's obviously why he's our offensive coordinator. But let's switch over real quick to the defensive side of the ball, and this is something that was – it was kind of a question mark last year. Our, our front seven was just unreal last year, and I think that it's – obviously, we lost some linebackers. We lost some talent, but I think it's going to be another solid group. Brian Ward is the new defensive coordinator. And so I think this is going to be a group, while we did lose a little bit of talent, I think this is a group that's going to improve from last year. I mean, have, when you have Dom Peterson and Sam Hammond anchoring down that defensive line, you have Lawson Hall, who just had a great year last year. And you look at those DBs who kind of struggled against the pass last year. 
but again, has another year under their belt. They're not going to regress. They're, if they could stay healthy um, with EJ Muhammad, I think he's in his 10th year. Austin, <laughs> Austin, you know, Austin Arnold. We have Tyson Williams, Burdell Robbins. Like All these people are coming back, and we're going to have a lot of talent on this defensive side of the ball. Matt, how do you think this defensive group is going to look from last year? I don't think I see them step, taking a step back. I'm not as optimistic only because I look at the linebacking core and see like inexperience. Like they're going to be thrown in the fire right away because it's like gap responsibility and you're going up against one of the best running backs in the conference and against one of the best lines in the conference. Uh, they're going to be thrown in the fire right away. They're going to have to grow up quick. I do like our front four. I do like Sam Hammond and Dom on the outsides. They're going to wreak havoc. Um, the loss of Chris Green is some bad guy stuff. It sucks and that's, gonna, that's a big hit um, at the defensive tackle spot. And then our secondary sneakily like a strength of this defense. Arnold was really good last year at spots. I'm interested to see how Muhammad and Robbins take that one-two corner spot on the outside because uh, Daniel Brown filled such a huge impact his defense last year. So um, that's going to be a loss, but I'm interested to see how they both react. And now we're going to be pressing more than we have in the past. Um, that's, or that's, some, that's an emphasis that Ward wants to bring in. And now we're transitioning from a 3-3-5 to a 4-3. So yeah. I wonder how they're going to move Dom around. Dom's going to be um, on the inside or on the outside if he if they're going to put him maybe at like an edge spot or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how they do that. There's a lot of question marks here, but there's also a lot of like optimistic. And I'm so uncertain with how this year is going to be, and I'm, hopefully we can improve on this. Definitely. Like you said, we don't know how this team or this group is going to come out on defense, and we play some high-powered offenses, like you said. Luckily, we don't have to play Boise. Um, we don't have to play... Uh, Air Force, so we, we kind of we get those at least off a little bit. But when you look at this defense, Tyler, uh, obviously anchored by obviously an all-Mountain West uh, lineman, Don Peterson, who, you know, as long as he's on your team, I think we're good, and uh, he's definitely going to help with that run uh, defense. He's definitely going to pressure the quarterback like he does every single year. How do you think this defense is going to look this year? I think Dom and Sam on the edges, I think that's going to be – a kind of a force of havoc uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of Mountain West teams. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, especially with the linebackers. Lawson Hall was the only guy to have play over 50 snaps regularly last season, so you have really two kind of brand new linebackers into this system. But I also agree with the fact that I think our DBs are gonna be kind of a sneaky strong suit, and they're gonna have to be if, when we change from that four or that three three five to that four three. It's gonna be a lot of man coverage on the outside that EJ Muhammad that Austin Arnold, that Burdell Robbins are going to have to kind of step up and be guys on this team that turn into somewhat of a lockdown kind of defensive backfield just so that you give time for Dom and Sam to come off the edges and make plays on the quarterback and hurry him up. So I think as long as our DBs can hold their own really and give time to our edge rushers and our D-line and hopefully take a little pressure off the linebackers as well, I think uh, our defense could be looking up. And I think it's it's not to be understated of how valuable Lucas Weber and Gabe Sewell were to this team. You want the experience and you want the really the leadership of the defense to come from that linebacker spot, kind of communicating all over the field. And uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on Lawson Hall. I mean, I, I was really high on him last year, watching him from up above in the press box. You can just see how confident he got, how good this guy actually can play foot. Like, he's a really good player, but there's a lot of pressure on him this year to really be that anchor of the linebackers crew. So it'll be interesting to see how this defense really uh, performs against high-powered offense, like you said, Matt. One more thing. Yeah. We didn't even mention Tyson Williams. There's sometimes he can be everywhere. Yeah, that's true. You could put him in the box. You can keep him deep. I mean, he could play in the middle of the field. Like He could, 
he's sometimes everywhere. And he led the team in tackles last year by a large margin. So it's like probably hardest hitter on the team too. That yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like he's a force. Mm-hmm. Be a potential All Mountain West player. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm I'm high, I'm really high on Tyson Williams. I'm really high on Burdale Robbins too. I think those guys are gonna be are gonna have a really good game or a really good year, and you see EJ Muhammad, like I said, even though it was a joke, like this is his sixth year now um, on the team, and that br- that brings a lot of solid experience that we really need with a group that is a lot of a lot of new players for sure. But let's look at the overall season as, a, as an overall whole, and how do you guys think this season? Let's give some record predictions. Let's talk about what you guys think is going to happen with this eight-game year. We will start, we'll go from least wins to most wins. So let's go, Isaiah, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to bring so much pessimism to start, but I was going 4-4, four and four, and I want that to be a respectable 4-4. Four and four. I just have a lot of question marks, not necessarily about the defense, but more about the offense. I have some sneaky optimism with the defense this year, especially changing schemes and everything like that. I just don't know if our offense is going to be able to keep up with such high-powered opposing teams coming into Mackey. Uh, I think this year, in so much uncertainty and so much mm-hmm. not being w- out of our control, a lot of it being out of our control, I just yeah. it not really playing into our hands. And I think we will get a few sneaky wins here and there, and I really do think we'll be able to improve and show flashes, but I really don't think this season's going to be our best because we're still a young unit trying to develop and grow as a unit. And with COVID putting so much emphasis and so much shutdown and uncertainty into the air i just don't see us making the most of a truncated eight game schedule so as quickly as you can how how let's let's take a game by game then because what what four games do you think we're going to lose i think we're going to lose at unov oh yeah you think the cannon's going to stay red oh no i'm sorry so do you think we win on saturday no okay okay i say we upset utah state which is a tough one we lose to San Diego State. Uh-huh. We lose to at Hawaii. I see us coming up with a few sneaky wins, like at Fresno's, like at Fresno's right. home. That could be a huge win because we've played them well the last three years. Mm-hmm. San Jose State on the road, mm-hmm. another sneaky win to end the year. But it's just gonna be tough. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be so low. Wow. But once again, I just there's just a lot of uncertainty not only on our team but on the season as a whole. I think. You've seen the college football landscape already. Yeah. You're seeing ranked teams yeah. getting destroyed mm-hmm. by non-Power 5 conferences. Right. And just, that's kind of the landscape right yeah. now. I just don't expect much. I'm just happy football's back at this point. Oh, I agree. I agree. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. My hand never flinched so hard to turn off the mic when you said that the cannon is going to stay red. I don't know if I don't know if the cannon's going to stay red. I think it's, it's going turn to turn blue, that is for sure. Uh, Matt, what is what is your record prediction? How do you think the season's gonna play out? Football. Mine is five and three. Um, I'm still interested to see Nevada was. I mean, with the exception of at San Diego State last year, we were not good on the road. It's just a simple fact. I expect some regression with luck. We were we were five and one in one score games. I'm expecting regression in that regard. Mm-hmm. I still do think we're gonna squeak some one score games out. Right, starting out in the season. Okay, so here here's my game by game. I'm, because, I mean, there's some, like, where I go back and forth on it. So, I don't think we're going to beat Wyoming. I do think we're going to bring the cannon back. I think we can beat Utah State. We can beat Utah State. We can beat New Mexico. San Diego State's tough. I'm going to put that as so that's 3-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is such a question mark. Going to Hawaii is, like, just not good at all. Right. And so, I'm, I'm, um, I'm checking that as a loss. Mm-hmm. And then, final two games, Fresno State and San Jose State. 
both wins, but I could see Nevada. There's a world where Nevada could rattle off a four game win streak to end the season. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think I think this season is going to be more in in our favor just because of how all like all the uncertainty for sure. Just because of COVID, and there's all so many first year head coaches in the Mountain West right. right now, and I think this season was the worst season to have a first year head coach. You don't get your schemes, you don't get to meet with your team as much, and for a lot of these teams, I mean, they're not even practicing right now, and we have, I mean, they have games. You know what I mean? Right. They have games coming up. But it's also like, when I look at the schedule, I'm excited to see Fresno State at the end of the season because Kalen DeBoer and his high powered offense. That's going to be something to watch this year. Um, if you're paying attention to the Mountain West, San Diego State's going to be a huge game. I mean, really, because San Diego State's only playing seven yeah. conference games as opposed to eight with every other team in the conference other than the Air Force. So that's going to be a game to circle on the calendar. Again, Wyoming and Utah State, you're going to be thrown in the fire quickly. Yep. Um, Utah State, I don't know if they're going to be as good as they have been, but um, it's still trying to get your schemes under control, and it's the third game of the season. And you're trying to get, still trying to get your feet under you. So as we've talked about this entire time, it feels like we're beating a dead horse here. Just there's so much uncertainty, and anything can happen at any given time. All right, so we got four and four. We got five and three. Let's up it one more time, Tyler. What do you have for the yes, season? I will gladly give me the, all the uncertainty. Yeah. I think we're having a great season. Yeah. Uh, I think Wyoming's a, definitely a check loss. I think, like we talked about, our inexperience is going to be kind of hard and being thrown into the fire. Um, I think Wyoming's an L. I think UNLV is an easy win. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah State's the one I was kind of tossing up as well. I think we do beat Utah State, but I think we lose to San, o- or San Diego State. Mm-hmm. I think San Diego State's just a powerhouse every year, and yeah. they seem to come out with a new star player every year yeah. they touch the field. So uh, that's always been a tough game for us. Um, so I think San Diego State and Wyoming are my two losses, UNLV, Utah State, New Mexico, and then that three-game stretch – or sorry, yes, that three-game stretch at the mm-hmm. end of the uh, end of the year, Hawaii, Fresno State, San Jose State are all going to be my wins. And that's the thing too is I I agree with the six and two prediction. I think that's what that's what I had eight no on here as a joke before. Um, I obviously I don't think we're going to go eight no, but I do think we're going to have a lot of a lot of wins. I think we're going to go six and two. The only game that really scares me that I could see us going five and three is I don't like playing on the islands. I don't like going to Hawaii. It's a worry of mine. Yeah, and it seems like Hawaii never loses at home for some reason. And well, I just. You know, it's just a travel. Yeah, it's, they just don't lose when they're at home in Hawaii. But it is interesting because, speaking of uncertainty, who even knows if we are going to travel to Hawaii? They might come here. There was something, I think, the other day, or at least, like, last week, that was, like, you need to be, like, cleared of COVID. Like, I think it's right. two hours before. Right. And so, but that's also something to factor in that we, I mean, we've talked about COVID, like, briefly, but, like, mm-hmm. there could be a time where, like, are we even going to play eight games? Right. Because it's like there yep. could be a game that's postponed for some reason, whether it's our opponents or us. Exactly. With COVID, that could be moved to the end of the season. Exactly. You see it right now in the NFL, too. Like, cases are slowly on the rise. And, right. and that's the thing is, like, there's games getting postponed. We saw a Tuesday night game last week. Like, it's just weird times going on right now. We don't even know if we're going to be playing eight games. But, yeah, and like I said before, New Mexico's not even practicing right now. And there's just so much uncertainty. Um, but if Hawaii does play, get played at home, you're gonna change it, Isaiah. You're gonna you're gonna say five and three. Most definitely. Okay. Five and three. Yeah. No, I agree. I I don't like playing on the islands. Like it's almost a guaranteed loss every single time. So if if they play us at at our house in in Mackey, it's gonna be definitely a huge plus for Nevada football. Let's go to some breakout. How how big of an impact do you think being at home is gonna be? 
for any team. Right. I don't. That, like, I. I think it's definitely not as definitely not as much. There is fans towards the end of the season. Do you think that changes things a little bit? Well, I mean, let's be honest. Mackey's at a quarter of capacity anyways for every game. So maybe not for us, but I think for other teams, for sure. I think when you when you start talking about San Diego State, you start talking about Wyoming, Utah State, these teams that always bring in huge crowds every single year. I mean, UNLV is going to have 5% capacity. There's no way they're even remotely filling up uh, Allegiant Stadium. But it'll be interesting to see if fans do start to come. And But I think just like we saw in all of sports, the NBA bubble was a perfect example of you take fans out of the equation, you see teams like the Miami Heat, and you see teams like that probably wouldn't have been there in the first place. You know what I mean? I know you're a Heat fan, Matt, but I'm just saying there's teams that probably wouldn't have been there in the first place if they had fans and they had home court advantages. And you take fans out of the equation, it's a totally different ball game. I, I Same with the NHL, too. The NHL was yeah, right. I mean, I kind of brought it up a little bit, but I – I do agree with AJ that kind of Mackie hasn't been Mackie the past couple seasons. And fair enough, the football team hasn't been performing like the community expects it to. But I do agree with what Austin said about San Diego State. I think places like that are going to mm-hmm. have a lot of traction if they can start to bring Hawaii. in more fans. Hawaii. Hawaii. Thankfully. Fans, that makes that game worse. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But thankfully, we play Wyoming, Utah State, and San Diego State mm-hmm. all in Mackey. So mm-hmm. for us, it won't be an issue. Yep. But I could see other teams that travel to those places maybe later in the season, like we were saying, having a little tougher time because of the crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the NFL, you kind of see it. I think there was a clip of Dak Prescott. They were running a fake reverse, and Dak called out reverse, reverse on the defensive side. And you see you know, two or three linebackers just fly to the ball as they just run up the middle. Um could we maybe see stuff like that if there's empty stadiums? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of question marks that a lot of people, including uh, myself, don't really think about when how important fans are to these games. Yeah. Also, considering we have our, like, not our four best, but, like, four, like, really good opponents at home, and if mm-hmm. we don't have fans, like, that's part of fabricating your own energy, mm-hmm. trying to generate your own energy. I, mean, I don't think football players have as much of a problem with that as, like, like baseball or basketball would, but like you have to fabricate your own energy. You have to. Yeah. When it gets later in the season, when you have San Diego State and especially Fresno State, there's going to be some pretty big games that are going to be played that could determine standings and could potentially determine who plays in the Mountain West Championship. Mm-hmm. So, um, generating your own energy is going to be tough if you have no fans throughout the entire season. Yeah, Isaiah, what are you thinking? I just think one, one thing in terms of fans is like without them, I don't know. I think you see a lot of opposing teams or trailing teams look calmer. Yeah. There's just mm-hmm. there's not much hey, you know, there's not much booze going on if you're losing at home or there's not much cheering going on if the opposing team's winning. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of that that can be in into a like that can just play into effect. I just think trailing teams look calmer and they know what they have to do and you see a lot of comebacks already in the NFL. I'm not trying to compare college and NFL and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it's just in that different environment you're seeing just kind of like teams are more composed. You know, they know what they have to do. And I think along with the importance of road teams, and we know the importance of fans, but just travel in general can take the life out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, traveling to Hawaii, that's just going to be a long flight. Right. I mean, it yeah. really does. Jet lag is real, and it takes your body a while to recoup from all those miles traveled. and It's huge. It's going to be important this year to make the most of it. So those were just the two aspects I wanted to bring up. No, I agree, and and it just plays into no matter what happens this season, it's going to be interesting to watch and keep track on because 
like we said, it's just so much going on, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this Mountain West season plays out. Um, let's go into some breakout players. Cause I know there might be a couple players on your guys' radar who the fans should be maybe that don't the fans don't know of, but they should be watching for this year. Matt, we can start with you if you'd like. Uh, who's who's a kind of one player on your radar? Say maybe the fans don't know who they are, but they definitely will after the season. You added the fans don't know who they are, and it kind of like eliminated my option. But I'm going with Elijah Cooks. Okay, only because. He didn't even make an all-conference team last. Like that, it. I look at it every time, and it's like, mm-hmm. how did he, how did he not even make honorable mention? Right. Yep. Like, no disrespect to Romeo, but I think Elijah's the best receiver on this team, mm-hmm. and he was in the top ten in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. And he's like a basketball player. Well, he did play basketball in high school, and he was really good at it. And he obviously played on the twenty eighteen team yeah. uh, here. So. Mm-hmm. It, you could just throw any ball to him and he'll go and catch it. He has a great catch radius, just a really dominant threat on the outside. He was he was like in the top 15 in the FBS in contested catches and contested catch rate per uh, pro football focus. I mean, he's a really good player. If the fans don't know him now, they know him by the end of the <laughs> Definitely. Season. And as, as Elijah Cooks, he's NFL bound, you would right. think, right? Well, yeah, I've, I've written about it a little bit before. I think he, he's Nevada's best draft prospect, at least on the offense. Okay, okay. Uh, Isaiah, what are you thinking for? For a breakout player. Matt took it right from my hand, so I got to give him props. <laughs> Should have went to you first. My bad. He made a much better argument. I had another guy anyways, but no, just to touch real quick on Cooks once again, he needs more attention, and I think this is the year he's going to definitely break out over mm-hmm. a 1,000 yards. He could be touching double-digit touchdowns this year. He is that much right. of a threat. Um, I'm switching things to the defensive side of the football because – I'm excited to see what Tristan Nichols can do in a 4-3 scheme. He started the year very slow mm-hmm. last season, but over his like last five games, you really saw him just terrorize opposing quarterbacks. He didn't get credited for a lot of sacks last year, but he was the one always kind of pushing the pile, always getting aggressive. He can really get to the quarterback. He can flash. And I'm hearing reports that he was shed some weight this offseason. He's looking a little bit slimmer, a little bit faster. This year, a lot of strength, resilience, and everything like that is going to be put on part on our defense. And I think Tristan Nichols can be huge in a 4-3 scheme, especially if Dom's getting moved to the edge. Tristan Nichols is a name to remember because he can be good this year. I No, I agree, and I like that you went to the defense side of the ball because there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people to make names for themselves with a lot of talent lost. Uh, Tyler, who do you think is going to be one person that the fans are going to be able to definitely know by the end of the season. I don't want to take yours, so I'm going to go in a different direction because I think I know where you're going to go. I like Jamal Bell. You know, uh, okay. one of the highest recruits uh, we've gotten in Nevada football history. You know, he held a lot of Pac-12 offers. He is in a, a crowded wide receiver room, which is might hurt him, but it might also help him. He's got a lot of experience to wor- learn from. He's got mm-hmm. Elijah Cooks, uh, Romeo Dubs, everyone in that receiver room. You know they're going to help him. He'll probably play in like the backup slot position is what I'm thinking. He's not the tallest, but he's not the shortest either. But I'm really excited to see what he can do when he puts on a Nevada uniform. Like I said, one of the highest recruits that we've had mm-hmm. in Nevada history. So just really excited to what he can bring to the table and give some of those Elijah Cooks and Romeo Dubs, maybe give them a little rest and still have that deep ball thread down the field. Definitely. No, I, I agree. Um, I It's always nice to have those high, uh, those high recruits coming in, something that Nevada – 
hasn't necessarily had in a while, so it's good to see some uh, high schoolers wanting to go here. So I kind of have two. I know I already only said one for you guys, but um, one that the fans probably already know is uh, Melquan Stovall. I think he's going to have a huge year this year. Like I said, last year kind of banged up, freshman year, and then uh, I think he's going to be able to actually have a huge, huge season this year. One of the fastest dudes on the team. I think he's a hell of an athlete, and I think he's going to be able to do great things for the team this year. And then a freshman joining the team this year is Avery Morrow in that uh, running back crew. He was a three-star recruit last year or coming into this season this year, and he's a freshman, and I think he's going to be able to give some much-needed speed to this running back crew um, with uh, Toa and Devontae Lee. And I think he's going to be one hell of a running back. Hopefully he gets some touches. I would like to see him contribute a little bit. I just want him to sit on the bench and you know ride the pine the entire year. So hopefully he'll be able to get some touches. I think he's going to be a huge bright spot in this running back core. Kind of struggled last year. Let's deep dive now into Wyoming. That is Saturday's game right around the corner. This moment I honestly didn't know. I didn't think it was going to happen. But now we are actually playing football, and Saturday is the first game, 4 p.m. kickoff time uh, here in Mackey. And no fans? No, no fans. I think I heard opposing teams get like 50 family members. We get like 200 or something like that. Yeah, not not much to go off of at all. Wait, really? Is that like unbalanced? Yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard that. I heard that visiting. Well, that's just what our. Source said, yeah, 250 total. I didn't know. Yeah, I think I think it's 200 for our our team, and then yeah, only 50 for the for the um, visiting team, which is kind of definitely unbalanced. But um, yeah, Wyoming steps into Mackey Saturday, uh, 4 p.m. I believe kickoff time, and uh, it should be an exciting one. Wyoming is returning a lot of good players, a lot of experience. I think one of the only other teams that have still has the same head coach. Still has the same kind of crew there leading leading the helmet, Wyoming. But definitely a team that I think I'm the only one that has us winning this game. You guys all three have us losing. It's going to be definitely interesting to watch. Definitely a tough first game starting this shortened eight-game season. It's kind of like Matt said, throwing them into the fire. Um, we'll start with you, Isaiah. How do you think this game is going to go for the Wolfpack? We know you already predicted a loss, but do you think it's going to be a blowout loss? Do you think it's going to be one score? Or? Oh, I think we'll, we'll be able to play it close. I just... Yeah. The game itself may get out of hand just a little bit early until we fight back, and maybe a late second half comeback just falls just a bit short. But Wyoming's very balanced on both sides of the field, especially on offense. They have potent playmakers, and in the battle of experience with so many new head coaches and so many new schemes coming to the Mountain West, I just think Wyoming is kind of just built to take this one from us. There's just no other way to really put it sometimes. They're a really good, yeah. sound, fundamental football team. We've had struggles with them in the past, and it's just chalked this one up, in my opinion, to struggling early on. But maybe we can find our groove, and there may be flashes of, you know, bright spots here on both sides of the ball for us. I just think that overall, Wyoming's a really sound, really good football team, and they may get the best of us week one. And this is a this is a crew last year that just took us to town. I mean, this is Dominated. yeah, they had they had our number from literally the start of the game. We couldn't. Move the ball. We couldn't score the ball last year. They beat us thirty-one to three. wasn't even a game. Um, that was one of the more brutal ones for sure. Got to be that uh, altitude, man. Uh, something, yeah. At least, at least. I don't know. At, that's my that's right. Like, like the most cop-out theory. It's got to be the altitude. The game was in Laramie last year, so hopefully with this year being in Mackey, will be a lot different story. Even if we do lose, hopefully it will be a better, closer game than last year. Because I think 
last year, that was one of the first or like one of the only times in the season where I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm turning this off halftime. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I didn't want to watch it anymore. I, no, I no, I felt that exact same way. But like, I felt like I felt that a lot last year. Like, yep. Oregon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Utah State. Um, yeah. Do you think with this game coming up on Saturday, do you think there is any way we squeak this one out, or do you think Wyoming's just gonna have our number like they did last year? I feel like it's gonna be a high-scoring game because with well, first off, Wyoming. I mean, Xavier Valdez is one of the best running backs, if not the best in the conference, and he had his, arguably his most productive game on the ground last year versus Nevada. He rushed for over 200 yards, and he battled injuries last year and still led the conference in rushing yards and yards from scrimmage. And they're returning all five offensive linemen, so I mean that doesn't help yep. our cause at all. When you're talking about the front seven, our, again, I said earlier, our linebackers are going to be thrown under the fire just with cap responsibility, trying to stop him. But it's also five of their players opted out on all on the defensive side. Well, and well. one of them was like one of Rome Weber, one of the like best players like in their defense secondary. So it's mm-hmm. like, you lose a member, you lose members of the secondary versus Nevada. That's not obviously not a great recipe for success, and hopefully Strong has more success than he did last year. Craig Bowles is a really good defensive coach. He's just a really good coach in general, so he'll have his team prepared, and I hope Novell does too. I mean, there's there's a po- definitely a possibility. I mean, I saw when I looked at it earlier, they opened Wyoming opened just like four and a half point favorite, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also depends on the sports book, but like so, they're 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 road they're road favorites, and so it's going to be a tough competition, and I wonder how we come out but yeah there's definitely a possibility i hope it doesn't what happened last year doesn't happen again where it's just like they control the they control the game script and the validate just runs all over us and they chew the clock and everything and i hope that doesn't happen this year oh 100 percent. i mean yeah and you know season opener in Mackie, no fans uh tyler how do you think this game is gonna go i forget dude did you have us winning this game or losing this game how do you think no it's gonna had go? us losing yeah, this game yeah. this is one of my two kind of like what matt was saying this offense is just they are, they're returning a lot of stars. Valade's back. You have Sean Chambers, who is a great running quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. And then with a front seven like ours, with our linebackers that are so inexperienced, we really need our D-line to step up and plug a lot of those holes and let our linebackers have easy gaps to fill. But I think it's just going to be too much. Our defense is a little too young. First game of the season. Um, a lot of jitters, I'm assuming. But hopefully, I just want to see Carson Strong offense, Toa Tawa, all get off to a good start. I feel like if they get off to a good start and have a hot first half, we could stay in the game and be there at the end. But I just need some need to see some of that rust fall off. I do have us losing. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people are thinking. I think um, when Matt said the four and a half points is probably pretty fair. I think that's mm-hmm. what it's going to be around. But it's just going to be tough to stop you know, a team that runs like them and has an offensive line like them. No faith. No faith here in the <laughs> studio today. No, I'm just no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I agree. I have to obviously we can't just all agree on the first game of the season. So I'm gonna have us winning. I'm gonna have us squeaking oh, this boy. one out. Uh twenty seven, twenty four at the end of the day. <laughs> and I think I think we're gonna have it. I think Carson Strong's gonna throw for three touchdowns. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Three touchdowns, two to Elijah Cooks. Oh. Yep. Two to Elijah Cooks, three touchdowns, and then uh, two field goals because we have the best kicker in the conference. In the nation. Um, yeah, in the nation, honestly. Yeah. Probably probably going to win the, yeah. what is it, Lou Garza Award? Yeah. yeah so. Probably going to win that. But, no, I, I, I think that we're going to squeak this one out. Um, I think it's going to be like a three-point game or around there, at least a, or at most a one-touchdown game. It's going to be a close one. Um, I like that we're going to be at home. I like that we're going to be playing in that altitude. 
But it is going to be a tough one. It's a tough opening game to uh, start this season. So we'll definitely see what happens come Saturday, 4 p.m. in Mackey. I almost was going to say get out and support the pack. Watch from home and support the pack. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't go out there. You will get turned away. And no matter what, one thing we can all in the studio agree on is, thank God Nevada football is back, and it's going to be a great game to watch on Saturday. I'm excited that we finally get to watch some. Uh, uh, we got we got to see those. We'll get to see those uh, silver lids in action. That will be nice. Ooh. New helmets. Oh, and, do we uh, didn't even touch on that point? I put it at the end of the. What? I said, <laughs> are the silver helmets going to make the pack play better or worse? I'm a superstitious person. <laughs> like, are there any statistical data to like? Do they have, like, a record silver helmets? I mean, we're 0-0 right now in yeah. silvers. Or I guess the chrome helmets. Right. A while back, I think we played. We beat UNLV a couple times in those, so I'll go, like, 2-0 in chrome slash silver helmets. <laughs> but, but that's just, he's just throwing numbers out there. <laughs> that, there's no statistical backing on that at all. It sounds like if we, we lose, the, I mean, you got to throw those away, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know if you throw them away, but it's well, definitely zero, like right. point zero win percent. Yeah, that's not. Definitely doesn't bode well for the uh, start of the season. Definitely, because then it's like, is it the helmets? Yeah, is we, it? We the don't helmets? know. We don't know. Hey, look good, play good. That's there all I go. gotta say. There you go. Do you guys have any last thoughts before we uh, finish up this football preview? What you th- what you thinking, Isaiah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? In terms of superstition, it's not about the helmets; it's about the socks. I swear. The socks. Oh yeah. Do we know? Do we know the what they're? Is very key, do, do we know what color? Oh okay. You're saying high socks or low socks? Color doesn't always matter. Okay. Do we know what we're wearing on Saturday? Have they come out with the uniform yet? I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's blue with the silvers. Right. No. Like, do we know what Nevada is wearing? Blue and silver to start. Yeah, I think so. I'm confident. I'd say 1-0 to start the season after Saturday. <laughs> that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And uh, I think that's about it. Tyler, since this is our last episode, do you want to uh, say anything to the fans that have supported us for, yeah, for so long? Yeah, a big thank you to everyone that's listened and been with us since our struggles from our first episode to really just doing you know Recruit Week. I think mm-hmm. that was kind of the peak of what we were doing getting all those interviews lined up mm-hmm. uh, i know austin put a lot of work into that so shout big shout out to him getting all of them lined up having isaiah on to talk about mm-hmm. a lot of the freshman basketball players as well just a big thank you to everyone that's listened to me and aj babble at each other yeah. for an hour an episode for the past mm-hmm. year yeah just a big thank you uh definitely gonna miss it it's been a fun time but i know pack center's in good hands right now so. definitely you guys are always welcome back on yeah uh, we will definitely take you up on that offer because there's nothing I like more than sitting back and BSing about some Nevada sports. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I will definitely take you up on that offer. Yeah, I just can't thank you guys enough. You know, the level of preparedness you guys come in with every single podcast, I know it goes unnoticed to some of the fans and viewers out there and listeners, professionals. They really put in so much work into their craft, and you can tell because the show is just so smooth and so well planned out and i can't thank you guys enough for what you guys have done for matt and i and i can't wait and honored i think speaking for matt and myself we're both honored to take take control of this and just keep it growing and keep improving as much as we can and build upon the hard work you guys have really done and we just can't thank you guys enough it's been great yeah man thank you i'm really excited to see what you guys are going to do with pack center once it's all your guys's and uh 
Yeah, I want to say thank you to the fans for giving me an opportunity to live out my, my dream as a sports reporter. It gives me great joy in being able to do this, and it gives me great footing to see like where I'm going to be able to go next with my uh, career. I want to thank Garrett Hirschberg, who brought me on three years ago now, go, going on three years ago as a co-host. Um, and then when he left, gave it to me to kind of continue. So thank you, Garrett. And uh, thank you to all the fans that definitely tune in and listen. It gives us a reason, like Tyler said, to come in here and BS about Nevada sports. It gives us an outlet of what we love to do. So I want to thank you guys so much. And uh, yeah, definitely not the last time you hear my voice. I'll definitely come back on. Um, but last time I am going to be hosting this bad boy. So thank you guys. And I did say for me, thank you guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure, guys. You, I know it's in great hands. And uh, from the last time for me, uh, let's go back. <laughs>